Hi, I'm Pax. And I'm Abigail. Welcome to Ghost Spider Groupies, a podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth-65, also known as Spider-Gwen and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news, and give our opinions about all things Gwen-65. Right now, we are reading through Gwen's main solo series. Each week, we break down a new arc and discuss our and the listeners' thoughts. Tune into each episode and come on this journey through the character's history with us, available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 232, and you are with your high priestess, Conchu Ray. Hello, and uh, I'll be flying solo this week. Uh, Unfortunately, some scheduling issues have uh, restricted uh, me getting on a special guest. We're going to have Drew Toombs on. Um, hopefully, Drew, uh, we can have you on some other time in the short future. But fear not, loonies. A couple of episodes coming your way. And uh, and as always, at the top of the week, we'll have an idle chat. Uh, and this time around, we're looking at Moon Knight music. So I wanted to just kind of get into, um, I don't know, I think if you've ever read a comic book or read a, a trade paperback and you had some music playing in your head as you as you read it, I'm just wondering what music would you associate for the various volumes of Moon Knight? Uh, each of them are very different in flavour, so that could potentially mean the the style and the genre of the music that you have in your head while you read these comics could be very different and in, indeed and and I thought it'd be an interesting thing to to throw out to the loonies there um, so I did actually cast a line out only just recently this is high priest Ray going fishing um, so hopefully by the time we get to uh, to some listener feedback I'm going to pull in my line and see see if we have any bites. Uh, with anyone out there, but look, I'll I'll go through with you, potentially give you some recommendations of some songs uh, that I may associate with the particular titles or the runs of Moon Knight throughout from the 80s to present. Uh, before any of that, of course, a big thank you to our Patroonies, those listed as co-producers and executive producers on each of our episodes. You can see their names uh, in each of the episodes, uh, in the credits, and you can also see them in the Petruni Hall of Fame. I can't remember what I called it. The Petruni Temple uh, on our website, itkmoonnight.com. Go check it out there, and uh, and all our Petrunis are listed there. Thanking you very much, each and every one of you, uh, for your contribution. It really does. I'm so, I'm so excited. Like. From 2017, when we started this show, up until present day, the things that we've been able to do, th- thanks to you guys uh, helping out, uh, and a big shout out to the community as well. I'm, I'm just loving it. It's growing. It's going to get bigger. Look, just steal yourselves, everyone that uh, is part of the community now, steal yourselves. Um, there, there might be a few more 
once the TV show hits, uh, but it's exciting times to be a loony for sure. Um, so a big thank you to the likes of Daniel, Drew, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Anthony, and Michael. Thank you very, very much, each and every one of you. And of course, our two top-tier Petronis are also our sponsors too. So so Drooms on SoundCloud and Lurk Music on Bandcamp, uh, both of these uh, the monikers of Drew Tombs. Uh, Tombs on SoundCloud uh, is dance music produced by Drew. And uh, Lurk Music on Bandcamp, Drew does some horror and sci-fi inspired soundscapes. Also as well, comic book creator Daniel Doing and Fringe Night, an original indie comic based on Erie, Pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero. Go check it out. I urge you to. Daniel's doing great stuff. He's got loads uh you know banked that he wants to tell uh he's got plenty of stories to tell it's a great character and pennsylvania's own character as well so that's pretty cool uh check that out too and finally dreamland comics uh from illinois the superhero superstore all your back issue needs more details from all of those sponsors towards the end of the show now as for white noise um Look, there isn't too much out there, but I just wanted to read through some of these uh, responses from some of the loonies. So so one of uh, last week, I think Noel and I discussed about this news of Mark Ruffalo being photographed outside the same hotel in Budapest as Oscar Isaac um, by a, uh, you know, enthusiastic fan. That kind of got tongues wagging as to whether or not Bruce Banner will appear in Moon Knight in some capacity. So the question was kind of um, thrown out there in our community as well. Of uh, We've all heard the speculation, but what does everyone think about this theory why Hulk could be in the series? Now, regardless of whether he is in it or not, I think there are many reasons why you know he would be in that hotel, uh, not necessarily connected to the TV show, but, you know, we can always speculate and spectorlate and have some fun. So we got some uh, some responses here from some loonies, so I just want to read some of them out. Uh, one of them, loony Jonathan Sapsed, said, uh, They're trying to create wider interest with a well-known MCU character. I prefer it to be focused on Moon Knight's street level. But they have both converged with the uh, multiple personality disorder in the comics the last years, which is... Definitely an interesting point and a common thread between the two. Um, Bruce Banner, now more of actually DID, Dissociative Identity identity Disorder, similar to what Moon Knight has uh, been labelled with as well. Uh, and we know more recently in the Bemis run that there was that, that childhood trauma. Uh, of course, Bruce Banner, as a young boy, we... For those that actually follow Hulk, you would know that there was definitely um, severe childhood trauma there, which could explain uh, the various Hulks that have come out. You know, the Savage Hulk, Joe Fixit, we now have uh, Immortal Hulk, Devil Hulk, Worldbreaker Hulk. Uh, there are plenty of identities in there. Uh, so that's a good uh, a good catch there, Jonathan. Thank you. Also, Alex uh, Montalban says, uh, I can see why, though. Moon Knight's dealing with another personality. Since Banner was able to be at one with the Hulk, Mark probably goes to him for advice. Though Shang-Chi throws it that out of the window. Um, yeah, thank you, Alex, as well. Uh, a bit of a cryptic 
last line there that are about Shang-Chi. Uh, I'll get into that, I think, uh, a little bit later, because I did, I did manage to watch it. <laughs> Cheeky Ray managed to watch that. Uh, and I'll tell you my thoughts on that anyway. But not spoilers, no spoilers, so don't worry. You're, you're safe here. Um, but looking back at Alex's further, uh, uh, you know, earlier comments, uh, that's a that's a really cool take. I like that, Alex. Um, how they're coming together and 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 Mark looking towards Bruce, uh, Bruce Banner for advice on how to deal with it. Um, very cool. Uh, next up, we have uh, some comments from Lena. Now, Lena, as some of you Looney listeners will know, has been contributing and been a big part of our uh, initiative to understand DID more in, um, and we have like a sub-segment of that in our idle chats, uh, generally a precursor to the release of the new comic book issue. It just seemed appropriate to, to get a regular uh, idle chat kind of segment, you know, regularly coming out once a month, same as the comic. Anyway, Lena says... <clears throat> If that is the reason why Bruce Hulk is on Moon Knight, that could be very interesting and could go a long way toward reducing the stigma attached to the DID in the show. I know that Moon Knight is supposed to be a violent and scary vigilante, but I hope that they are careful to make the point that he is not scary because of his DID, but because of either his mercenary past or his connection to Konshu or something like that. I thought they did a fairly decent job with Mary um, Walker... I'm assuming the Typhoid Mary, I guess, yes, in uh, in Netflix Iron Fist Season 2. So that gives me some hope that they can do well with this. Thank you very much, Lena. And uh, yeah, for sure, I, I think so too. I, um, I'm i hoping, I guess, the scary element of Moon Knight comes more from his ability to, to shed blood and his past. You know, he's a man who used to be a merc, has done terrible things. He obviously has red on his ledger. So he... You know, he has no qualms with with crossing the line, so to speak. I mean, again, that's a bit of a stereotype, but um, you know, I guess what I'm saying is, once you've killed, you you know, um, and and him being a mercenary, then you know, he, he can he finds killing, I think, a little easier than than people who have like never killed before, that sort of stuff. Um, also, as well, for sure, he's dwelling on. Um, on the conscious aspect of it and how that plays within his mind as well that might produce something scary from within but I guess we'll wait and see Lena uh, but thank you very much for your comments and uh, and finally from Samuel Leon Kiffin, Kiffin uh, there's an old Moon Knight comic back when he was powered by the moon Hulk punches Moon Knight in the dark neither knew it was each other though yes uh, and I had a little chat with Samuel uh, on this thread uh, basically, yeah, that was from the Hulk magazine back in the day. Um, I don't have it in my prom sheet. I'm sorry, Samuel, you did cite it. I think you said it was 15, something along those lines. Uh, written by Doug Manch, uh, penciled beautifully by Bill Sinkevich. It's Bill's earlier style. I think it was before he really found his own style. Uh, so he was very much emulating Neil Adams. Uh, he could very well, and this is an interesting point Samuel was saying, Samuel was saying that... Um, he could have just used that style in particular to give that kind of pulpy feel. And it definitely has a very different pulpy 
um, nature to the story. I, I love it. It's great. If you haven't read it, uh, go track it down and, and give it a read. Uh, it's pretty funny. You you actually get then two perspectives, uh, one from Moon Knight's perspective of this kind of hulking behemoth in the shadows, and then you actually have one from the Hulk's perspective um, of, you know, just um, stumbling around in the woods, finding these guys which he comes across, um, and then this strange white angel or whatever which is which is moon knight very cool um so thank you for those comments uh finally the only uh the other little bit of news which did pop up i did read and it did uh did pop up in our discord as well uh a bit shout out to rebecca there i think she, uh, rebecca dropped it um but what we have is uh, there was an article with muhammad Dayeb, so he's uh, one of the the main director in the Moon Knight TV series coming up and it mentions in the article that yes he'll be directing four of the six episodes so we know at least that he's doing two-thirds of um, the whole series which should be fun Uh, it also makes mention that he uh, he wrote a 200 page odd odd pitch Uh, he wrote that along with his wife and I think they said along the lines of, look, if we don't get it from this, then something is seriously wrong. Uh, and, but, you know, I guess they were correct because they did land the job. Uh, and looking forward to seeing what they do. Uh, there was a little bit of talk. Um, again, I'm just going off the top of my head. Uh, I think it mentioned in that same article a couple of things on how uh, there are going to be some very kind of scary moments in there, but there are also going to be some very funny ones. Uh, and that kind of got some some of the loonies kind of thinking. Um, I know some of them responded saying, well, you know, Moon Knight isn't a funny character. So uh, they were a bit confused as to why Diab had said that. Uh, but who knows? I mean, again, we've been thrown strange things at us as well. And, and granted, we're probably not going to get... <laughs> the exact Moon Knight that we see in the comics. I mean, let's look at all the other characters uh, that have come on screen. They're not like, you know, you would be arguably massively disappointed at, say, the arc of the Hulk. Um, I'm a massive Hulk fan myself. Um, I feel he was severely underdone in the MCU, uh, but he had to make way for the likes of the better arcs of, of course, uh, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark uh, and, and even Thor to that extent as well. So Hulk actually took a back seat, unfortunately, um, and still kind of grinds me a little how he got beaten so easily by Thanos. Um, But anyway, (laughs) that's just me. I might as well take this opportunity to talk a little bit about Shang-Chi. Don't worry, spoiler-free. All I'm going to say was that I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, And having read the Shang-Chi comics uh, by Doug Mensch back in the 70s, um, look, it's it's totally revamped. It's not the Shang-Chi that you would potentially have grown up with or been used to uh, with that more kind of espionage slash MI6 uh, vibe. Um, it, it's, it's very different now, but I, I'm excited to see the Shang-Chi in the MCU. Uh, he's very... Oh, I, don't, I know, I just can't say anything else, but it's a very beautifully beautiful-looking film. Uh, I think the director... Kristen, is that his name? He did a fantastic job. The actors are amazing. Um, Shout-outs to, to basically all Aquafina, uh, Tony Long, uh, Michelle Yeoh, 
um, yeah, Simu Liu as well. Uh, fantastic. That They did so well with it. Uh, as I said, it's visually stunning. The action is, is awesome. It, it just... It's very much of its own thing as well, but it's it's so cool to know that it's part of the MCU. So um, yeah, hats off to such a such a great film. Um, I regard it highly. It's going to be one that I'm going to go to, you know, if ever I feel bored or, or feel like a a fun film. Um, so yeah, uh, really good film. But anyway, tracking back, Shang Chi interpreted very differently, and I'm sure Moon Knight will be interpreted. Uh, very differently as well. So, look, there's always going to be a little bit of humour. Marvel is known for it. Uh, there'll always be a little bit of humour injected in the uh, in the shows and the movies that they do, but let's hope that it's not, you know, it's not the in the forefront all the time. I mean, because, of course, there there is some intensity and seriousness to, um, to Moon Knight, uh, which I think Oscar Isaac and the likes of Ethan Hawke will do very well. So... The final bit of news as well um, was just an article that was released uh, from an interview with Ethan Hawke. And he basically just says the key difference between Moon Knight and Spider-Man. Um, and let me just... I'm quickly looking at uh, the interview... Oh, so he was interviewed in The Wrap. Uh, and so Ethan Hawke basically goes through... He basically says the likes of Spider-Man and uh, Bruce Wayne and, and such is that they have a lot of baggage, uh, that, you know, there's such a, a legacy to the character that has been shown on screen that there's so much that you've got to consider and, and you know, if you're going to interpret that, that character again. Whereas with Moon Knight, there's literally no baggage unless you count the animated appearances. So I, Ethan Hawke loved that freedom that this character has given him. And and plus it gets to... He mentions as well, like, you know, what does he say? In the 50s, if you're an actor in the 50s, you, you kind of jumped at the chance of being in a Western because they were such a big thing. Uh, in the in the 2020s, <laughs> you know, in the 2000s, actors now jump to be part of the, the massive machine that is the Marvel Studios um, or, you know, DC or, or, you know, to some extent, some other comic book movies. But, um, yeah, that's his kind of justification, I guess, as well, of of being part of this big experience and getting his bit to play. But the beauty with Moon Knight is that, uh, yeah, it's uh, there's no baggage to the character and you can you can interpret it, and, and which makes it interesting to, to see how we what we do get to see. Uh, as mentioned, know that um, it's not going to be a, a direct adaptation of the comic book character. There, there will be tweaks. So, you know, please expect that, loonies. Uh, we're not going to get exactly what, uh, as I drop my phone, we're not going to get exactly, you know, what is on the printed page. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, those are the little bits of news. Nothing else. Jeez, oh, I wish there was more. Uh, but we'll just have to stay tuned. Uh, yeah, but let's get on to a Moon Knight and, um, and music. So... What I've got here, I've got a little table of all the volumes of Moon Knight. And, look, it's it was all meant to be off the cuff, so I actually haven't got anything written in those tables. just got the list of them, and I, I was going to just throw them out and, uh, and see what I could come up with. So, at the very beginning, like the Doug Mensch run, 1980, with that kind of... Uh, it's still... 
I guess it has a little bit of a pulpy feel. But there's, um, as the series goes along, it, it's, you know, 38 issues long. There's so many, so many different aspects to it. It gets grim and dark, you know, with the, um, uh, what was it, the, sh- the shooting star? Uh, that cult that tried to um, abduct Jack Russell. Uh, you've got some weird kind of horror aspects. Uh, issue 5 was cool. Uh, you have Stained Glass Scarlet. There's a, a really different feel around it you know um and i'm gonna try and veer away from just picking something of the time as well so 1980 i mean i wouldn't say i would associate you know your generic 80s music to it um if anything if anything i'd still probably put a bit bit more of a 70s kind of um cinematic music vibe to it I think, uh, just because, also as well, it's globetrotting as well. So uh, not only did, does he have some cases in, in the US uh, and in uh, in the Bronx uh, or Brooklyn, I can't remember which one, um, but he also jet sets all over the place. Like we just recently covered um, Assault on, on Island Strange, uh, the Third World Army, that sort of stuff. The Third World Army is very much, for me, like a 70s kind of espionage maybe maybe some sort of i don't know james bondy thing yeah i think maybe more more james bondy kind of cinematic score i would give for uh, for mensch uh 19 about 1980 all the way up to the end um yeah some some dodgy villains i think the blacksmith as well <laughs> that comes in there, but then he gets the, some great issues also, like uh, Black Spectre, the introduction of, of Carson Knowles, uh, Morpheus, you know, that darkness as well. Uh, yeah, so let's start off with just something kind of, oh, I don't know, creepy, creepy, and James Bondy. Let's uh, let's stick to that. Next up, we have Fist of Conchu. Um, now this is more of, I guess, more of a mystical, um, part to it, because we get the introduction of the high priests, um, the, uh, the powers that now are part of the moon for Moon Knight, um, yeah, and, and he gets more of that Egyptian kind of bling, he gets a bit of an upgrade with his costume. Um, for this music... Oh, again, this is a tough one. This is probably out of my, out of my purview, um, music-wise. Other than kind of sticking with, um, kind of what I know, uh, like with cinema, cinema scores, uh, you know, composition, that sort of stuff. Um, this is a weird one. It was quite eclectic, I think, for a six-issue uh, mini. Uh, so I might have to go for some, I'm going to go for some weird, weird-ass classical composers for this, uh, and I'm talking about more of the modern composers, so, you know, uh, Zanakis, uh, Stockhausen, uh, Berio, um, you know, these are German, um, uh, Italian, and, um, and Greek, uh, composers, uh, very much were into serial, serial music, so atonal. So for those that 
um, are familiar with some music, uh, it, it does not anchor itself to any particular particular key or home key, or it doesn't actually. Um, uh, yeah, th- there's no potential resolution in in the conventional sense. Um, so, uh, so Arnold Schoenberg uh, was a was a massive kind of. Um, I guess innovator in this sort of music, uh, and uh, anyway, yeah, I reckon say Sockhausen, Berio, and Zanarkis. That's what I'm going to say. Very, uh, it's more very mathematical based, uh, but it gives you a very kind of off kilt, um, not entirely always pleasant kind of listening. Sometimes it is a, a challenge to listen to uh, because it's not you know, it's not like you're your Beethoven or your Mozarts that you're familiar with, uh, not not pleasant, lovely, lovely melodies. Um, it's all very more academic. Uh, it's all very more proportional. Uh, and, l- yeah, it, it's uh, manipulative, manipulating the music more with, um, with uh, I guess, the very mathematical side of music. So anyway, that's a weird one for you, but that's how I kind of word associate music for fist of conchu um yes now the next one should be a little bit easier uh mark specter moon knight so we get a massive 60 issue run there and so what sort of music would you listen to during you know for this run and and i'd have to say because some of the issues here are granted a very 90s I'm going to stick to some of my wheelhouse here and, and go for a lot of 90s music. Um, I'm going to give you, some listeners, uh, some recommendations of some some local talent, actually, over here in Australia, which I want to give a shout-out to some um, to some listening, if you can track it down on Spotify or whatnot. Uh, but definitely, I think for Mark Spector, look, it's fun... Uh, it's swashbuckling to an extent as well. Uh, it's kind of... I get visions of... Although I don't think it was in the 90s. I get visions of kind of like that diehard kind of theme to it uh, with John McClane. Just kind of that action-packed adventure. Um, but I think it's got a, a little bit of a... Um, I wouldn't say dark. It's not as dark as The Crow, so to speak. Just thinking of the Brandon Brandon Lee film, uh, definitely is not as dark as that, um, but it could use with some you know with some rock elements as well. Uh, so uh, for me, um, some Aussie bands, big heavy stuff, uh, Crow, which were one of my favourite bands, um, definitely worth checking out. Uh, yeah, I think that would fit really well with Mark Spector, Moon Knight. Uh, look, just flashing through in my head some of the issues, uh, whether it be the Acts of Vengeance uh, or, or Frenchie's Killer Shrike uh, Grudge Match or um, Mooney's team up with Ghost Rider to go against the uh, the Cult of the Moon uh, or towards towards the latter part of it, uh, the Infinity War crossovers uh, with that multiverse um, or Mark's affliction of a decaying body, all that sort of stuff. For me, yeah, very embod- embodies very much the 90s, and it gets really weird at the end, of course. So, um, yeah, maybe a bit of, um, oh, I don't know, a bit of Rollins Band in there. You get a bit of Henry Rollins in there. 
Um, yeah, uh, and I don't know. They're not 90s, so to speak, but um, I love my, my dead Kennedys, um, and I'm sure I can fit in some dead Kennedys in, in some of those issues there. Uh, maybe, um, let me think, uh, not so much a troll of Mark Spector, but perhaps... Um, Perhaps uh, that the the ones with that that dude that looks like he's a ripoff of the cha- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think his name was just Chainsaw, which was very very odd. Um, but there you go, Mark Spector, very very nineties. Um, I'm trying to think of some nineties bands. Um, you know, not so much mainstream, but um, they could. No, look, I don't know. Otherwise, I'll just rattle off some other ones. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, those those would be good. Uh, next one would be Resurrection War. Now, for this, I thought just with the the look of the art and for Doug Mensch, um, and this kind of thing about Mark coming back, and it's all a bit kind of really, um, kind of weird in that sense. I I would tend to kind of go towards something like The Cure, um, for for this, uh. I don't know. I don't know if anyone are fans of The Cure, but uh, I, I think they'll do really well for that kind of vibe of a, of a miniseries. Uh, Tommy Lee Edwards' arts and colours um, from, I think, his wife or his sister. Uh, very good. Very good indeed. And, and this kind of, I guess, the ambiguity of Mark coming back after he died at the end of Mark Spector Moon Knight um, just gives that... I mean, The Cure have that kind of... They have that otherworldly vibe to an extent. So, um, yeah. So, that's for Resurrection War. I'll give you that that one band for them. As for High Strangers, oh my gosh, that's a weird one. Um, That's a very very strange tale as well. Again, I'm looking at Loch Ness Monsters, UFOs. Um, it's, It's... Bonkers, you know. Again, to use the same description as Rebecca, as what Rebecca and I had mentioned um, when we reviewed this. Uh, this would be strange. I would, um, hi oh, strangers. What would I give for this? Um, maybe the Doors. <laughs> I think because it's just a bit weird. Maybe the Doors and a bit of the the latter day Tim Buckley, um, Star Sailor kind of. I think it's Star Sailor uh, and Lorca, where he really starts to experiment with his music as well. Um, yeah, I don't know if anyone hasn't listened to Tim Buckley, the the, the late great father to the late great Jeff Buckley. Uh, do yourself a favour. He he died way too young, 24. Uh, I think his last words were "bye bye birdie." Um, but big friends of Jim Morrison um, had an amazing voice. Uh, if you thought Jeff Buckley had a good voice, uh, Tim Buckley's range is just amazing. Uh, and he had, was so diverse. He released so many albums as well, I think 12 plus. This is from a 24-year-old uh, and a very short career. So anyway, um, the latter the latter stages of Tim Buckley's work there where he gets a little bit more experimental, I reckon. there, Or, or maybe um, I'm going to say the Velvet Underground as well. Uh, a bit of Lou Reed and a bit more of their experimentation Two, uh, you can tell I kind of like that kind of mu- <laughs> that kind of music because uh, now I've just got in my head Sonic Youth and, and I'm trying to fit them in somewhere. Um, 
But anyway, uh, maybe that can go into the Mark Spector Moon Knight bundle. I'm not too sure. Next we have a big one. We have the Charlie Houston run, 2006. Uh, for this, this would be... This would have to be kind of a bit more on the heavier side. Heavier and darker. And... Um, I'm going to give an Australian example as well, just you know, just to recommend out there as well. There was a band called Mark of Cain, uh, very heavily influenced from Henry Rollins. I, I dare say the vocalists. Um, they were three piece, made a whole heap of noise, a lot more noise than um, than three people should be able to make. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd give them a go for the Houston Run. Uh, maybe Helmet, a uh, really great band as well. I like them too. Um, just kind of really kind of heavy-ish. Um, oh, I wanted to mention Alice in Chains somewhere. Just totally forgot that. So maybe we'll bundle them back in the 90s as well. Maybe a bit of Alice in Chains in Mark Spector Moon Knight too. Uh, very kind of situational or, or, or chronological. Uh, but yeah, the Houston run, yeah, needs some, uh, needs some oomph. And, and I know a lot of loonies love that run. So, uh, looking... Look into those heavier ones. I know there are a lot of heavy metal fans uh, in our community as well. Unfortunately, I do not have that much knowledge of of that genre, uh, so I cannot speak to it. Um, you know, Pantera is that? Am I am I too? Is that outdated? Let me know, listeners. Let me know. Uh, similar with the Benson run. So Benson came straight after. Look very similar to the Houston run, um, but we do see Moon Knight going down south. Uh, but we also see him in God's Country, tackling on the Black Spectre. There are some weird and wacky adventures there. Um, highlights a Tigra um, with, uh, uh, or is it Bushman, Conchu slash Tigra um, recline there for, for Moon Knight. Uh, there's Mark putting on a face uh, in the bathroom and Marlene walks in on him. Some crazy, crazy stuff there. Then there's the um, Tolpec, is that it? A Toltec? Oh gosh, okay. the uh, that Mayan. We never really got to see more of it. Uh, that killing machine down south, and with the um, uh, Zabata brothers, the the Mexican wrestlers, they were cool. So all very, very kind of um, very cool little run there. Uh, there's also the yeah the Texera um, artwork, that sort of stuff. Uh, Dark Avengers, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Similar to, I think Houston, it would it would require a little bit more darker, um, heavier kind of music, and for that, maybe uh, oh, I'm showing my age when I'm going for all the nineties. I was about to say maybe some Soundgarden or some Audio Slave uh, for that. Uh, also, I don't know with the. I was going to save it for later, but I might... No, oh, no, I'll save that one for later. Um, I was going to say, with the Down South version, you'd probably want... Uh, I was thinking maybe a lot of potential Robert Rodriguez um, scores from his movies. Um, you know, uh, is it Desperado? Uh, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, I used to watch a lot of his films... Because uh, he was a bit of a flavour back in the particular day, I think when From Dust to Dawn came out. But anyway, um, yeah, I'll give that a go for the Benson run. Again, uh, looking looking at heavier rock bands. Uh, oh God, who wanted? I just want to 
just want to pick a good one here for you. Uh, I'm drawing a blank, so we'll just leave it at that. Uh, okay, Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Uh, look, there's there's a little bit more fun involved in this one, uh, and it, it comes across as a little lighter, although it still has a lot of kind of violent tendencies. Um, so we see the likes of, uh, you know, cameo of Deadpool. Um, we see Crawley being hit on the head and um, losing his articulate nature and then just speaking kind of like streetwise. Then he gets hit the kid again. We get the carbonadium armour holding up the uh, the building and Moon Knight fighting in his underpants. Uh, so there's a little bit of fun in there. We get, you know, Sentry, all that sort of stuff. So... Um, I'd say high octane, uh, just just pure kind of rock um, music for this. Um, just it's it's got to be fun, uh, and it's got to be kind of like I don't know, maybe the Foo Fighters that sort of stuff. That vibe where um, they don't take themselves too seriously, you know, but they they do their craft well. They do their rock well. So you know, anything to do with David Grohl. Um, get him in there. Um, great songwriter. Um, good tunes. Uh, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, Foo Fighters would probably um, probably suit that to a T. Um, but yeah, you need that kind of actiony actiony element. Uh, so, Vengeance of the Moon Knight for that. Uh, then we move to the Bendis run. Strange, the Bendis run as well. Uh, uh, I would again maybe give it. Um, more of a cinematic feel to it, uh, just because I'm thinking of the Alex Maleev art uh, and the the scope of the story with Count Nefaria and, and Ultron, and uh, you have Echo in there as well. It just seems more of the uh, film school kind of kind of thing to that. And um, I would probably, oh, I'd probably just say choose one of your favourite. Film scores, action film scores, potentially, um, and slap that on for the Bendis, the Bendis um, reads. Um, yeah, because, yeah, I think that would... I mean, there's some action in there as well, uh, but it's more kind of like an undercurrent in the music, uh, something that's always kind of on in the background as these scenes play out. So um, for Bendis, I'd say that. Uh, then we kind of get we get Wood uh, we get Ellis Wood and Bun and look I, I'm going to lump them together I know they all have their three different uh, different takes um, different stories different arcs um, but they did come really quickly one after the other and they you know they're always uh, well they're collected in the trade paperback in, in a similar looking format so they kind of seem like a set uh, for this is I think this is kind of easy-ish in the sense uh well actually actually, i'm gonna have to split them up anyway for the ellis warren ellis one definitely i think for me a a noir feel because of the mr knight coming in and regardless of the different sorts of tales that were told in those six different issues ranging from um seeing a frankenstein's monster kind of kind of um down in the sewers in issue one to to um you know um hallucinogenic mushrooms um to charging up a building in issue five uh, to to a a pseudo black spectator in issue six it all has uh mr knight as being a very confident and 
self-assured character. Um, but just the fact that that introduction in issue one with Detective Flint and in the other police officers with Mr. Knight, I think just gives that edge of some kind of film noir, you know, saxophone, just kind of jazzy kind of feel to it. So um, I, I would suggest uh, I would suggest them um, sticking to the to the jazz and the the, the strange uh, with Woods Run um, as well. That kind of run in the middle uh, before it's capped off with the Bun Run. Uh, I'll I'll give that. Um, there's an Australian jazz band called the Necks, and they just they just build these soundscapes. Again, just three guys, uh, all accomplished jazz musicians, uh, piano bass and drums and they do this kind of um like you know their tracks are like 23 half hour um long tracks they just build and build and build um, on sounds and they riff off each other um some of it's kind of like a repetitive rhythm so you kind of almost get into a trance um and i i would give that to the uh to the wood run um as well because definitely he's he's delving into uh his psyche in that run um, so I'd go for that. Uh, as for the bun run, which is a bit more, um, a bit more, it goes kind of back to the Ellis um, vibe, but there's a, a bit more supernatural uh, horror elements to it. Uh, I would go for what I'm going to go. Okay, I'm going to go for another Australian um, obscure band, uh, and if you can find them, please do. Uh, they're a band called Vicious Hairy Mary. Um, and their type of music was, it was kind of, it was kind of rock, but, uh, they described it as, uh, like nightmare rock. Um, so the guy would always sing through like a megaphone. Uh, he put on this kind of voice that made him sound kind of s- scary, like a, um, like a circus ringleader slash porcelain doll you know slash chucky um so uh, there was very nightmarish music um uh, but they also did some really funny covers like they did uh covers to the spanish flea uh they did covers to the i think it was the simpsons theme um but all as if you know as if you were listening to that in a nightmare um really scary stuff um but i think that would do well with the cullen bun run Uh, again listeners if you know of any if any music similar to that, I'd love to hear it. Like, um, please give me those names because uh, Vicious Harry Mary for me were the the only ones doing that to some extent, uh, and I can't think of any other band that would do that kind of style. Um, I love it. Okay, we just got some uh, some trouble outside. I'll just wait for them to pass. Oh, it's like they passed. They've stopped outside our house. No, they haven't. Uh, anyway, we're nearly there, listeners. Uh, we've got we've got the Lemire run. Now, the Lemire run, um, I think, is is great in in the sense that it's so internal, um, and it, it ranges from from many things. You know, you see Mark's childhood. Um, you get this weird the personalities with the the different artists, which is a fantastic component. Uh, with small words, you know, James Stokoe, Wilfredo Torres. Uh, Francesca Francavia, that sort of stuff, um, and you get a retelling of his origin as well, uh, as well as that weirdness of having the other void or the over void as like a a vessel from a a parallel reality. So it kind of gives you a, a different sense of where Conchu's from, 
like more alien in that sense. Um, I would choose something like a very progressive rock um, soundtrack for for them. Um, so I'm thinking again, I could this could be making me so dated. Uh, Mars Volta, something like that, where it's rock, but it, yeah, they do explore uh, more soundscapes, uh, and it, it becomes um, a little bit more epic as well. Um, yeah, so that would be for the Lemire run. Uh, finally, uh, last two actually. The Bemis run. Bemis runs easy. Um, I'd I'd stick punk in uh, in the Bemis run and uh, and rock as well. Uh, I'm gonna easily say say anything. Max Bemis's. Um, I'm gonna say. Um, oh, actually, yeah, where should I fit Delita? Delita, uh, great friends of the show, suppliers of our, our fantastic music. On our opening theme, Delita. I would put. Oh, I would put Delita. I'd probably put. Yeah, I would. Well, that makes sense as well. Their their EP, The Other Void. I'll put Delita up in the Ellis run, if anything. Um, that sort of music, that sort of tone, as well. Uh, although they could work very much, I think, in the Benson run too. Um, but yeah, the Bemis run definitely Max Bemis. Get your punk out there as well. Uh, yeah, get your Dead Kennedys. Uh, there was an Australian punk band as well, uh, Nancy Vandal. Uh, that would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, more of the, um, uh, I don't know what to say, more grittier punk rather than your your, your clean mainstream punk, punk like Green Day um, or that. So yeah, a bit bit more um, bit more rough around the edges. Um, there's an Australian band. I don't know where they fit in, but I'm just going to let you know anyway. Whopping big naughty. One of my all-time faves. Uh, the lead singer, his name's Justin Credible. Can you believe it? Uh, um, they did absolutely total slacker, slacker punk rock. I don't know where they would fit in. Probably, I retrospectively put them uh, either in the Bemis run or I would put them in the Avengers of the Moon Knight, actually. Very loose... Um, well-crafted songs, but very kind of loose playing, um, and just I, I love that kind of slack, slack nature. So anyway, that was a Bemis run, and finally, I guess the current run, uh, the Jed McKay run, interesting so far. I mean, from the issues that we've we've gleaned, only two of them, uh, there is a dark nature to it. It does seem reminiscent of the Ellis run, so to speak. There is a dark noir sense to it. Um, so yeah, that one I'm still up in the air and I'm not too sure. That's a, that's a good one. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to have another think. Uh, while I do that, I might, um, oh, I'd say I might go just have a quick look on the social media to see if anyone has bitten and have, uh, have mentioned uh, the music that they see uh, associated with Moon Knight. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, let me see. Oh, we, we've got one here. <laughs> got one from Noel. Looney Tunes Tate. He says, Delita uh, for all of it. Well, there you go, Noel. Yeah, why not? I, I highly recommend it. Actually, Delita have a great catalogue. Go check it all out. I'm sure you can fit Delita's music uh, in any or all of the Moon Knight reads, uh, you should 
for sure give give it a go give it a go for sure uh let me just have another little quick geese as i i think that was it i mean i put it up really late so uh i'm not expecting that much uh from it i'm still thinking of the jed mckay run what uh what what uh what to give him uh yeah okay cool no a couple of likes from that but um no one there fair enough um might move on to any actually uh to wrap up to wrap up this first episode loonies uh might move on to nightlines so just have some uh feedback here from some uh, listeners about some older older episodes and uh and first up actually we've got a, a bit from youtube so I want to give a shout out to Car Eternal, uh, Kyle Car, one of the Petrunis, uh, and uh, he men- makes mention on episode two thirty, uh, just recently. So shooting the breeze with Noel, uh, and Car Eternal or Kyle says, uh, "Hi, yes, it's me, the Petruni." On the speculation of Hulk being in the Moon Knight show, I really hope it's not true. Uh, while having the character show up to really establish it in the MCU would make sense, I feel it would take the focus off our dear Moon Knight. I felt the same way with the rumours of Punisher being in it from a few months ago, though I think that rumour would be even worse as people might care more about him coming back from Netflix. Yeah, good point, Kyle. I um, Yeah, I, I wouldn't want anything to take away from uh, the spotlight of Moon Knight. One of the, the, the big draw cards, I think, is that we do have Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight, and he's, a, he's an incredibly charismatic actor. Um, I don't think he'll fall into the background. Um, I think you'll get him front and centre, and uh, I'm certainly hoping that too. Uh, my thoughts on that Hulk thing, yeah, I I won't play much um, speculation into it other than it might be just a happy coincidence he was there. Uh, and yeah, Punisher in Moon Knight. Look, I've heard that round go. I heard that go the rounds as well. It's an obvious kind of rumour. Uh, but I, again, I don't think there's anything of it, um, and I don't expect to see John Bernthal in the uh, the Disney Plus show at all. <laughs> so um, yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, another one uh, from uh, comment, commenting about our episode two thirty. It's from CMK seven. Beep boop beep boop boop. So this is uh, Chris talking about shooting the breeze with with Noel. Uh, great coverage of all the tidbits of news out there, guys. The Spider Man trailer does look promising. I'm excited to see what they do with it, especially with all the rumoured appearances. Speaking of rumoured appearances, if there is anything to Mark Ruffalo turning up in Budapest, maybe Banner is showing up at the end of the Moon Knight series to re- recruit him to the Avengers. Ooh. As a callback to early Moon Knight being featured in the Hulk magazine. I love this connection, Chris. Uh, there is that connection, isn't there? As, as Samuel also mentioned, um, I'd love this little callback. I guess that's a reach. Anyway, great show, and I hope you feel better soon, Ray. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, feeling a bit better. I still got that cough, um, so I've had to hit the mute button a couple of times here. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, one of those bugs that just won't go away. Uh, also, as well, <laughs> I put this in here. Uh, Olivia, um, she has dropped in thoughts on episode two hundred twenty-six. That's Moon Knight hand-to-hand, and Olivia writes, Your perspective is refreshing. Thank you so much, Olivia. Uh, Although I do think that you might be a sex bot or something, um, judging from your profile pic, I thought it was pretty funny anyway. Just put you in here. Uh, Thank you so much, and your comments. 
are very refreshing about how my perspective is refreshing. So refreshing all round. Thank you, Olivia. Anyway, back to, uh, you know, some real comments. Uh, we have another one from Car Eternal, Kyle Carr. Uh, and this is on our next episode, episode 231, which was the classic review of Moon Knight 20, that, that finale to the Third World Army and Nimrod Strange. And, uh, and Kyle mentions... Honestly, the whole Nimrod Strange storyline is my least favourite of the whole early run. Uh, but this issue specifically is just so awesome. Interesting. Interesting, um, Kyle, because, uh, yeah, Noel and I kind of thought otherwise. Like, uh, we really enjoyed the other issues, not so much issue 20. Uh, very few things are as cool as surrounding the island uh, in the island with giant explosives and the image of the ship burning is just awesome. Yeah, I, look, I tend to agree. I I think the strong point for that issue, and I think I mentioned it was this thought that Mensch had given to this di- diabolical plan uh, and how it would kill 97% of the people on the island. It's like, it's 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 uh, horrifying to think, you know, to burn, you know, burning on the perimeter and then just it all kind of goes inwards and just burns everyone in. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I thank you for those comments there, Kyle. Uh, always great to hear from you. And and it was great to hear from you too as well, Chris. And, of course, Olivia. Fantastic. Um, if you can please send in more refreshing co- comments, that would be <laughs> that would be really cool. Um, we got more uh, Instagram uh, Instagram comments here. And um, and this is on uh, the issue 20, the, uh, the cut adrift off the coast of America, that finale with Nimrod Strange. Uh, Rafael Santos, um, fantastic artist. You can see his work. We post it up weekly on the Monday slash Tuesday. Uh, Raf says, I was happy to see Moon Knight beating terrorists. This is the kind of thing that makes us think how many different stuff uh, Mark has amongst his villains. Also, this cover is great. I love this perspective, and I don't know why Marvel editors or artists didn't make a homage to this cover in his Avengers run. It was kind of appropriated for that event uh yeah great great comments thanks raf um it's a very cool cover um and i'll just uh oh no i won't say oh yeah look i'll, I'll just tag along another comment from sk metal it says great cover taps into so many things so uh yeah the cover is very striking um and yeah beating terrorists um a lot more kind of i guess appropriate uh in recent times which is cool um uh, and, and we do see that with Moon Knight anyway. I mean, mostly just kind of grounded street-level villains uh, and Nimrod Strange. Well, albeit normal, in you know, if you put him in his Arsenal gear, he just becomes an idiot. <laughs> um, and we've got some final comments here. Make mine Moon Knight. Uh, Nimrod Strange has MCU potential. Love this arc. He does. I think he needs a reboot of his costume, though. Um, anyway, make mine Moon Knight continues. Seeing Marlene go undercover and hold her own. She's my top pick to replace Mark as Moon Knight if it ever came to it. Close second is Ray from the Houston Benson series. Uh, yeah, great thoughts there, make mine Moon Knight. And uh, SK Metal actually responded to this saying, uh, I be always thought uh, I always thought if Marvel went there, Marlene would be my choice too. Uh, Houston showed us just how capable and violent she could be too. Yeah, she's definitely a... V- um, can hold her own and that's again one of the things I loved from that Nimrod Strange arc it just showed her kicking ass um, and she's done that many times as well there's, there's some instances uh, I love that there was this like jeep car chase in Mark Spector Moon Knight which she 
um, she pretty much takes um, control of. Uh, so she, yeah, I just love seeing Marlene in action. She should be more in it. I hope we do see that in the in the uh, in the TV show, uh, but we'll see. Anyway, loonies, that pretty much wraps up this Ray Ramble for the Idol Chat. Uh, thank you so much for sticking by, and um, and hopefully you got some uh, recommendations for some music there. Um, I'll try to put them in the show notes if you ever are interested. Uh, also, obscure Australian bands, uh, if you just want to try something different. Uh, and also, let me know. Let me know what music you would put to these different runs as well. I've got the um, the, the post up there, so maybe in a future episode, uh, if, if it does fill up with some comments, I can read it out and we can share our musical ideas. But a huge thank you. Uh, next episode, later on in the week, uh, I will be looking at... Um, It'll be a waxing crescent. So returning to a a Lunapic modern comic run review uh, and um, be looking at uh, Moon Knight Volume 5, Issue 13. Now, we've covered this a few times before already, uh, the uses of restraint. It's, it's a fantastic issue. Uh, I'm going to have a, a revisit and see how it um, how it all pans out. Uh I did have... Where is it? Um, Oh, yeah. So, uh, previously, if you look at our episodes 43 or episode 96 um, or episode 171, we actually did an audio reproduction of the whole issue. Um, Go check that out. Um, Maybe listen to that and get familiar with the the issue or read it and uh, and come back later in the week and uh, I'll discuss it uh, at length. Anyway, uh, thank you very much... Looney listeners for all your attention and uh, I'll catch you next week oh not next what am I saying Ray switch on I'll catch you later on in the week for our Lunar Peak Modern Run review alright catch you later please consider checking out our Into the Night Patreon page on patreon.com slash itkmoonnight there are plenty of incentives there like uncut material bonus episodes and more and any contribution will help expand the show we're sponsored by fringe night by daniel doing and you can support his patreon page at patreon.com slash fringe night 27 also tombs by drew tombs can be supported via his soundcloud website on soundcloud.com slash tombs with a z Drew Toombs also produces horror and sci-fi based music on Lurk Music. That's Lurk Music with a CK. And you can support his music on Bandcamp at lurkmusic.bandcamp.com. We're also sponsored by Dreamland Comics, the superhero superstore. Use the code MOON to get a promo of 20% off any online back issues. Finally, we're part of The Collective, which is an informal network of like-minded podcasters. It's a repository of ideas, and we also like crossing over and supporting each other. Please check out all of these shows in our show notes under The Collective. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. 
Material used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.